Welcome to the Get Fit AF with Angie Fraser podcast, a fitness channel with a difference. We aim to challenge traditional views on fitness and what it means to be fit AF. We cover real questions from real people, including my clients and friends, chat with inspiring and passionate people, and maybe the odd rant along the way. Join us to get fit AF without the bullshit. Hi there. This episode is part of our lockdown series. We've been putting some stuff out there for our members to support being healthy and well during lockdown beyond uh, just do all your exercise at home. Um, That's not the most important consideration during lockdown. And so I'd like to speak to you guys today about the importance of sleep and where that sits within your fitness goals, regardless of whether we're in lockdown or not. But if you're like me, you might have been experiencing some disrupted sleep as part of what is going on out there in the world. So um, a lot of my clients are concerned about, or even just the people that I speak to, concerned about being out of their normal routine during lockdown. So their normal workout routine, the normal place that they work out, the types of workouts that they do, and um, getting that in-person support, as well as a lot of people speak about being concerned about that lockdown weight gain. And I'm going to talk today about how sleep um, supports that whole um, scenario there. So yes, we live in a no excuses culture of 24 hour gyms, online workouts, just get it done. There's a lot of messages out there at the moment about um, staying motivated during lockdown, uh, going out, running. I've done that with my members myself. Um, It's important to put into context and say that the, the dosage is the key there. Um, the amount of work that people are potentially being asked to do in lockdown and the reasons why uh, they're doing it. So you might be putting in a lot of effort to manage your weight during lockdown, including increasing your exercise amounts um, and the intensity, trying to manage calories in via calorie, via tracking calories or adhering to a meal plan. And yeah, doing that extra exercise to try and make up for potentially what you're eating. So trying to increase your daily energy expenditure. Doing these things may in fact increase your stress levels and be counterproductive. If you're trading off quality sleep to tick these fitness boxes, it can stall your progress in a number of ways. I I'm going to put it out there and say, I personally don't normally have issues sleeping. Uh, It drives my husband nuts because I, and friends that have stayed places with me because I can go to sleep very, very quickly. And I go into a really deep sleep and I'm sorry, not sorry, but I love it. Um, But recently I've experienced a few episodes of poor quality sleep being awake, thinking about all sorts of things, and then being unable to get back to sleep. I then stress about how am I going to get everything done the next day. And thinking that some of you out there experience this regularly is just mind-blowing to me because I really don't know how you function. Sleep is your body's reset button. 
getting seven to nine hours sleep is considered optimal for most people. I think 10 would be ideal for me personally. I'm not a sleeper in I'm an early to bed type of nana. I call it a reverse sleep in FYI, judge me if you will. Um, but getting quality sleep is key to managing mood, energy levels, and physical activity levels, including your workout performance and recovery from your workouts. Experiencing ongoing sleep disruption leads to compromised cognition and ability to reason, memory formation, increased cortisol levels, and increased risk of cardiovascular disease. There are a lot of other risk factors there that I didn't list because I, I didn't want to just be saying a list of all the negative things that can happen, but sleep is really, really key. So they're the main ones that I'm kind of talking to today. You may find when you're sleep deprived that it's much harder to make healthy choices um, that, that might align with the, the fitness plan that you're currently doing, whatever that looks like. Um, and studies show that you're much more likely to crave and eat high calorie, high reward foods when you're lacking sleep. So we call this uh, calorie compensation and research has also shown that calorie compensation in sleep deprived people can lead to eating an additional 300 to 500 calories per day. I've seen a few different figures out there, but I'm going to say that it would probably be pretty easy to eat an additional 500 calories per day to address the fatigue. And I, I know that when my kids were babies and I was sleep deprived when they were quite young, um, I was constantly reaching for the chocolate for that reason. And I, I just thought that it was my lack of willpower. So there's a few other elements to that, that um, if I had known then what I know now, that I, I would have applied a few strategies, um, but I just actually felt a bit ashamed of myself because I couldn't um, seem to get that under control. So knowing that it's an actual thing uh, makes me feel a little bit better and it allows me to help my clients more as well. So particularly shift working clients, you know, I prioritize sleep on rostered days on for my shift working clients and some of them are a bit surprised because they've received the message for so long that no matter what they should get that workout in, if you're working a 12 hour, 12 and a half hour shift out on a mine site, you're driving to that site and home and you've got to make yourself a, a decent meal or eat a decent meal and you've got to get some decent sleep and shower and wash your clothes and wash the dishes. Uh, telling you that you must get your exercise done no matter what or your workout is probably just adding another stress. So there you go. Um, if you've ever felt like you're working out all the time and not making progress, not recovering from the amount of training that you're doing, it's because exercise causes damage to tissue and with no rest, the damage accumulates and results in fatigue. So those shift working clients using as an example, again, if I'm getting them to stay up late at night or wake up even earlier and do loads of you know, heavy squatting or squat jumps or lunges, and then they're off to work and then they're getting five hours sleep. Maybe there's no way they're going to recover from that. Um, 
and that prevents muscle growth. So if we're not factoring in recovery from training stress, we don't adapt to the stress and develop more muscle tissue. Um, I love the quote from Arthur Jones, you can train hard or you can train long, you just can't do both. So this quote specifically refers to the intensity of a bout of exercise or a session, but it applies to lacking sleep because the more fatigue you're feeling, the less likely you are to apply the required level of intensity to your sessions and potentially be wasting time. Another reason I say some days you just need to prioritize sleep, whether you're a shift worker or not. So... Prioritizing sleep over exercise on certain days over getting or over getting to the gym means that you can apply the required intensity to those sessions when you do get to them being more well rested. So just like with fat loss, training is the sum of your average effort over a period of weeks, a month, months, not did you get a workout in each day. How about getting a more effective workout in on the days where you have more energy to give? And how this might relate to lockdown is scheduling in rest days from your workouts rather than thinking, well, I'm home, so I'm going to do as many workouts as possible. Therefore, I'll get more results. As you can see, may not be the case. Another way that, um, so if we're talking fat loss and weight management during lockdown, another way that um, poor quality or lack of sleep can impact that is that it can actually downregulate your incidental movement, which is real, a really big component of your total daily energy expenditure, much more than exercise. And I've spoken to this before on previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into um, that energy equation right now. But what a lot of people don't realize is that incidental movement is more than just your steps. It's your posture. It's how you hold yourself. It's um, fidgeting. It's facial tone. It's all the little things that you might do subconsciously without realizing that contribute to your total daily energy expenditure um, that suddenly you will subconsciously do less of when you're tired. So even if you flog yourself running um, during your outdoors exercise time or with home workouts, um, online workouts, whatever it is, um, once you sit on your bum for the rest of the day, uh, you're really narrowing that calorie deficit gap that you may have been trying to create with exercise. So you can see that increasing our stresses during a time such as lockdown really is counterproductive. If you have a goal of maintaining your fitness and health, I, I think everyone wants to maintain some degree of health, but uh, we're specifically talking fitness and fat loss here. Um, so I'd rather see you do some quality, well-focused training sessions less frequently with recovery in between, including some decent sleep. And when I say recovery days, go for a really nice walk. Do something low intensity, enjoyable. Kick the footy with the kids. Um, play with your pets, whatever that looks like. You just don't need to be flogging yourself all the time if you're doing it Um and sacrificing sleep, if you're prioritizing that over your sleep. 
Another thing to look out for is if you're staying up late at night and eating sugary, snacky foods in lockdown and getting less sleep, your body is not programmed to, to digest those kinds of foods late at night. So your digestive processes are better during daylight hours. That's what they're set to. Um, and so increasing uh, your intake of sugary fatty foods at night is not a great thing. It's not a great idea for managing blood sugar um, and a lot of other health markers. So how do we manage this? Obviously, it's not as simple as just getting rid of the stress. Some stresses like lockdown can't be controlled by us and other instances might be you as I've said you might be a shift worker so your sleep's going to be disrupted by your occupation you might have small children at home and you can't really control them disrupting you um, but there are a few things that you can do in terms of maybe getting some better quality sleep when you can um, so setting a bit of a bedtime routine uh, with some wind down time 30 to 60 minutes before bed, ideally away from screens. But having said that, a meditation app might be something useful for you. Um, confession time. I quite often fall asleep to true crime podcasts, but please don't develop that habit. Um, I recently posted a podcast with Anna from Padaba Yoga, uh, recording her yoga nidra meditation for us which was just really lovely of Anna to do and could be a useful tool for winding down before bed so I think that's episode number 23 or 24 if you go back. Um, some other tips may be exercising earlier in the day instead of close to bedtime if possible so again what's your priority there? Limit caffeine and alcohol close to bedtime. Personally, I'm very caffeine desensitized and I could probably nap after having a cup of coffee. That's not a great place to be at. Um, but yeah, try not to have it too close to bed. Um, having a notepad nearby your bed so you can jot down your to-do list or things that have come up during the day to get them out of your head and onto paper. I'm a huge fan of lists. I have probably too many on the go at the moment, but it does feel good to, to get it down on paper or in your notes app. Keep the bedroom dark and quiet where you can as well. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd love to hear from you or if you have any feedback, my email's coach at fitaf.com.au and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Yeah.